Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, the ultimate destination for principals, leaders, and educators. That's right. We're diving deep into the important stuff, the ups and downs of mental health, the secrets to managing stress effectively, figuring out that elusive work-life balance, and mastering the art of being an effective leader. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embark on an incredible journey with us as we explore the fascinating world of life and leadership. So whether you're a principal, leader, a busy parent, educator, or someone on a mission to make a positive impact in the world, this podcast is for you. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. One, two, three, four. You guys big Super Bowl fans or watching the Super Bowl or anything like that? I will sort of have it on. I don't really pay attention. I certainly am not rooting for one team or the other. How about you, Bobby? I like the event as the event. I'm more of a, I like the advertising piece of it. I was advertising, marketing. That was my first degree. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. Yeah, the whole entertainment thing. Well, I think they're really doing a good job of that right now. With I saw on the news this morning, aren't they leaking the commercials before the game even happens? Well, they kind of do that, don't they? they yeah, they're, that before. which is weird to me. You'd think that they would want the viewership yeah, to happen. It. Strange. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Here we are in February. So, yeah, I hope everything's good. Hey, Bob and Kevin, I'm wishing you guys a good show today. Kev, you ready to go? <laughs> good luck today, guys. He did that last time. He kind of threw me off. Yeah, hey, good luck. Nice job. Do it. Just, Thank you. Not I feel get like you hiding something. Like <laughs> no. no. Obstacles yeah. today or something. <laughs> Okay, let's do it. Let's raise the frequency. Yeah, let's go spread some good out into the podcast universe today. Hey, episode 2P60, Bob Driver back on the show today for his monthly appearance. We are excited about that, and we are excited that you are checking in with us today. Wherever you are listening, I'm Jason Paris. I'm Kevin Jost. Hey, and we are the two principals. Hey, if this is your first time tuning into the 2P pod, we appreciate you checking us out. If you are coming back, thanks for coming back. We appreciate that as well. Go ahead and follow, subscribe, rate our show. We would appreciate that. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in today. Yeah, absolutely. And we are two principals. We are in the trenches of it. So all you principals out there, tell your principal friends to check out the 2P pod. And we are just always trying to figure out ways that we can get better. And we are on our journey, and hopefully you're on your journey, too, to a healthier and happier you. One step at a time, one conversation at a time. Real quick, just want to give a plug for our website, twoprinciples.com. You can find out information about the two principles, Kevin and I, and you can also find our blog. We put a blog out every Sunday. It's something that is pertinent to what Kevin and I think can help us, and hopefully it can help you. It's quick. It's easy. It's a quick, easy read. You can find that, and you can sign up for that, too. And also, interact with us on all of our social media accounts, TikTok, YouTube, X, Instagram, Facebook, wherever we're out there, at Two Principles. Check us out. We like to interact with all of you out there and just kind of know what's going on about the principalship, because... We're talking with Bob today, and it's a good time. I like to, February. We just finished up January. We're hitting February. There's a lot of things going on in February. And if you're like today, I just feel like I got my ass kicked today. And, you know, so, but that's just what it is. So, yeah. 
Hey, before we get started here, guys, let's talk about the random question of the show. This is kind of a different one here. So... I'm going to play a little mood music too, by the way. Yeah. Okay. You play the mood music. Yeah. We're going to get our song in. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Cotter. Okay. Go ahead with the questions. Theme song. Hey, it's time for the random question of today's show. And here it is, guys. Would you rather be able to communicate in Shakespearean language for the entire month of February or have to wear a Cupid costume every day for the entire month? <laughs> so you mean, would you rather have to communicate in Shakespearean language? That's the only thing you can communicate in. A Shakespearean language for the entire month of February, or you have to wear a Cupid costume every day for the entire month. You got to pick one or the other. What is it? I'm going to go with the Shakespearean just because... For obvious reasons, I don't want to be in a Cupid costume for a month. I think I you would really look pretty. I, don't, I think you'd look really pretty cool in that. Be, don't you think, Bob? Don't you think Kevin would look good in a Cupid costume? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Bob? What do you got? I think I'd have to go with the language too. As a former English teacher, I would love the language, and I'm not going to share any of that today. But yeah, what? Isn't a lot of yes, is it a lot of these and thou outs and all that stuff? Oh, okay. Yes, all of those things. Yep, absolutely. How about you, Jason? So, God, just think about that, though. You'd have to do that. You're going Cupid. Yeah, I'm going Cupid. I'm going, I'm going to wear a Cupid costume every day. For, you know what? You'd probably, either one, you're going to, people are going to wonder what the heck is going on with you. Know, with you but I don't know. Just because I'm going to be a little different, I'm going to go with the Cupid costume. But Kevin, I do think you would look pretty cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> My first year as an interim assistant principal, our buddy Mark Huss, he made me dress up as an elf during Christmas. Oh, yeah. At work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Been there, done that before yeah. in the yeah. good old middle school days and all that other mm-hmm. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's talk about the topic today. Today's show, we are talking February reflections of the principalship. And when we're talking about that, there's lots of things with leadership insights and growth. And so we are going to be digging into really what's happening in the principalship in the month of February. And how can we get better at what we do and maybe give you some questions, maybe some things to think about along the way. And so, again, we're excited to have Bob here with us today to go over some of that stuff. And we're going to pick his brain today because, you know, he's got so much wealth of information in his brain. But, hey, I saw this as I was doing a little reading this week. You know, I like to do some research and I pulled this out of Education Week and this was back from 1995. And I thought. This is perfect still for today, but you know how we're looking for school principals? We're looking for people to want to be a school principal and we need help and all that stuff. So this was a, a want, like a want ad for the job. So school principals wanted a miracle worker who can do more with less, pacify rival groups, endure chronic second guessing, tolerate low levels of support, process large volumes of paper and work double shifts. 75 nights a year, he or she will have to carte blanche to innovate, but cannot spend much money, replace any personnel, or upset any constituency. What do you think about that? That sounds like a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't even You're have right. the social media in it because that what, yeah, was yeah, 1995. I know. So I thought that was kind of funny, but I'm like, seriously, I read that and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to share that with Bob and Kevin. But yeah. I love the opening sentence, right. a miracle Navig- worker. Navigate a pandemic, be able to shift in eight days to do a different learning platform, the whole work. Those are not even on there yet. 
So we might have to update this. And uh, yeah, maybe Education Week has an updated one. So just add yeah. a sentence that says fix everything. <laughs> you have to fix everything. Yeah. Other, other duties, duties assigned. assigned. That's right. Hey, we're talking the principalship in February. So, Kevin, what do we know about the principalship in February? Yeah, for sure. So, in February, principalship involves several important tasks. Talking about, you know, considerations for things that are coming up in the spring, including reviewing testing procedures and logistics for state testing. All of that information is starting to trickle out. We're starting to think about that and we're starting to plan for that. Building schedules for students who are going to be, you know, taking the testing, uh, making accommodations for students who are, you know, need them for the tests, ensuring that staff understand their roles, expectations. Community, communicating those expectations to students who will not be testing. There's lots of things around testing in the spring, and every spring is going to look a little different depending on that student population, you know, made up of, you know, you know, the students are different, the parents are different. I mean, there's lots of things to consider. So those are some of the things that are happening, the big things that are happening in February and in the spring coming up. Bob, you got some other stuff. What else you got? Yeah, I'll add to that. You know, just one of the biggest things now is just reviewing the schedule, your course schedule, your catalog. You're starting to register, making sure that you can identify potential impacts. We're going to talk a little bit more about master schedule and some of the things that impact schedule in a little bit. But additionally, the school calendar, making sure that's up to date, making sure that the parents understand what's going on, the kids understand, teachers understand, basically school community, what's going on over the next four, five months as we move forward. It is National School uh, yes, Counselor Week. Is. And so just making sure that you are recognizing your counselors to do a lot of great things for our school and are pivotal in a lot of the decisions that are made within the school, going back to scheduling, going back to testing, depending on what their role is, but just that piece too. And just making sure that we celebrate that they're, that they're you know, just understanding their job and what they do. Um, something that's huge, uh, we need to, and we'll talk about it a little bit later as well, is just making sure that your evaluations as principals are up to date. Again, I've talked about this before, that's where principals get into trouble is when they don't have all their evaluations done. So just making sure you're on your second one or just going into your third one now as you move through the school year. A lot of instructional planning going on for next year. And then in addition to all of those tasks, we're also Black History Month. And so just making sure that we have some conversations around celebrating Black History Month and what that entails. And again, we'll talk about that yeah, also. Absolutely. It is a busy time for principals. I mean, every time we get on this show or we, you know, we record with you, Bob, and we go through stuff and you've put this, you know, checklist together, it's like, dang, it is breathtaking. But it is a busy time as we work to ensure a smooth operation of our schools and support the academic success and well-being of our students and staff. So, Bob, we're going to ask you a few questions here. Kevin and I are going to rotate through, I think we've got four questions here for you today, but Kev, you want to get us started yeah, with yeah, this? Yeah, I want to jump you just mentioned about the Black History Month. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, from your lens, what are some of the things school leaders can do to integrate and celebrate Black History Month? And what are some of the, you know, the do's and the don'ts in terms of strategies for principals? Yeah, absolutely. I think within Black History Month, I think it's important that we celebrate the accomplishments and celebrate African-Americans who have done, you know, phenomenal job and prominent figures in our history, the innovation, the overall accomplishments. That is, you know, a must to do. Now, hopefully you're having those conversations and that we're integrating a robust curriculum throughout the year 
And it's not then just something that we do in February as a checkoff, because that the important piece is those accomplishments, those prominent figures, the pieces within history, those should be shared throughout because it's all part of our history. And we need to make sure that we have a robust curriculum that the students can see themselves in history as well. Black history is American history. We can't treat these events as isolated events. We need to, again, make sure that we embed important information and our history together. So avoid the setting aside curriculum to teach a specific lesson. It may trivialize it. We need to make sure that, again, it's embedded throughout. And when we do that, I think one of the key things too in Black History Month is just talking to your admin team, to your teachers, and just kind of reflect again to make sure that the curriculum that you're presenting is there for all students. And again, it reflects who your students are and making sure that the literature that students are presented with give a diverse perspective, not only this month, but throughout. And so I think that's time you have to dedicate to just looking at every course and kind of doing an audit and saying, are we making sure that we have a diverse curriculum that all students see themselves in and sharing the accomplishments of all people within American history. So those pieces I think are really important. I think we need to connect the past to the current we're living right now and the tenant right now. And I think the other piece is we need to give students the time to reflect and we need to give students time to have discussions in classes and talk about it. And we need to do more of that, I think, as we move forward. And I think good teaching is doing that. It's providing time for discussion. Let's have a conversation. Hey, what these events that happened a hundred years ago, are we seeing those same type of events going on right now? And then how, how do we navigate that? How do we have the conversation? We need to have those conversations. In the Absolutely. I think. Those are really good points. And I, I like the fact too, that you meant this should be something that, hey, yes, we're going to celebrate the month, but it also should be incorporated into every month and, and all the things that we're doing and keeping the student voice too active, like you said, is so important. And we're the leaders, right? We're the principals, we're the leaders. We better be modeling this and, you know, leading by example when it comes to this. So good stuff there. And on celebrating Black History Month, I want to switch into God, it's just such a favorite topic of people. And I'm sure there's principals out there that are going to be like, what? <laughs> but state testing, man, when I hear, when you just hear the word state testing, I mean, I would love to just get a gauge on what people, you know, are thinking or saying what about state testing, but it is what it is. We have it. So what are some ways principals can ensure that their staff in their building understand their roles and expectations during this testing period? Because like I said, some think like, oh, this is a bunch of BS. I think this is stupid. And some think that this is really good. So what are some strategies principals can use to communicate these effectively? Yeah, I think that, you know, we can get, we're not going to get into the politics <laughs> no. of testing. and We could have like five. We could have a show. We think it, yeah, right. And we'll have those conversations again when, you know, our platform will be coming out soon. And we'll have some conversations around, around a legislative platform and we'll talk a little bit more about testing and what maybe it should be but that's for another day the bottom line is we're going to be testing kids in the spring and it can be a major disruptor if it's not organized well 
I mean, it already is, you know, there's time mm -hmm. taken away from classrooms and teachers have to get through the standards. And so it becomes uh, crunch time in the spring, just trying to get through the curriculum and then working with the testing because you've got kids coming in and out. You have school maybe shut down a day for testing. You might have seniors and ninth graders not in school. You might have all your middle school mm -hmm. kids testing. So, and so that requires a lot of time. It might require a lot of computer time. And so you get tacked. I think the biggest thing in testing is being extremely organized and every member in the school should know what their role is. And every member should have a role of some sort, whether it's a sub being a proxy sub, or they may be the tester in the classroom or overseeing a test. But the bottom line is that there should be one document in the school that everyone sees and that everyone has their roles and responsibilities laid out. And that preparation has to start probably before mm -hmm. now. And if you haven't yet, you should be starting that document uh, as soon as possible and get the key players involved to have the conversation, to talk about what are we doing and the what ifs and how, we, how you proceed in different scenarios. And just making sure that you're prepared because that's the essential yep. piece of the whole. Good stuff. That's good. I got a question for you and I'm going to turn my headphones up for this one. Because I'm going to listen to this. My question is, oh boy, talking about scheduling, I want you to share an example of a scheduling trend that had a significant impact on the master schedule and staffing, maybe in your own experience. And then how can principals address this impact and what can they learn from this experience? And really just in general, just your experience with the master schedule and how important that is and all the pitfalls. And in full transparency, I've only done the master schedule a few times. And this is my second year at a high school. And I tell you what, sometimes I feel like it is winning. It is beating me down. It is kicking me out the door and down the road. So I'm all in. You tell me. Give me the words of wisdom, Bob. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can give you the words of wisdom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, that is a large piece of the spring, obviously, as people are starting to do the scheduling or people are going to be registering in the next month or so. And then... You get to the point where you would come in and say, all right, Kevin, here you go. Figure out the schedule. I think it ebbs and flows each year. I think the trends do. I think some of the more popular classes might get more popular. And then what do you do? So there's a, that scenario. Do you have to put a cap on certain classes? Because you might not have the right staff to make that work. You have, you know, you start thinking about departments. And, you know, you might have five business teachers, but now you only have, you know, three, enough for three full-time FTEs. And so that whole piece, you kind of see those things as they move forward, because I've noticed in my years of practicing, they were trends like, Ooh, we are getting more into here. So do we need to add somebody there? And, oh, tech ed is starting to drop. And so we're going to have to drop there. The school that I was in, the board was all about student choice, which I believe, mm -hmm. which is great. It's awesome, but it makes mm -hmm. it a lot tougher um, because you've got kids who then want to be in numerous different elective classes. Obviously, they yep. have the requireds. So those are the easier ones to be able to schedule your required classes because, you know, X amount of kids are in this grade and we got to have them all go through. But it really comes, you know, I think everybody knows we're really coming down to mm -hmm. the elective pieces. You know. 
And so some of those are the pitfalls that you have to do. And we were very elective heavy. Um, I think every couple of years, we kind of did an audit on our department to say, all right, no one's taking this class anymore, or we're having three or four or less, call it 30 kids in this class used to have 120. Should we think about maybe changing that class or not offering that class anymore? You know, you're squeezing a balloon though, right? Because you push kids out of that class, right. they have to go somewhere else. And your choir teachers only want X amount. I mean, they don't want 400 kids right. in each choir, you know? So, you know, a choir or band or some of the classes where you have multiple, you know, a lot of kids in those classes. So you have to, to figure out how you can make that work. I think one of the things later on, I think that's happening now too, is you have more kids who are doing maybe on the job work-based and you're offering more internships. And so that kind of helps maybe ease a little bit with the number game a little bit when you're able to do those type of things. We had a tech center we could send or that we didn't send kids to, but they opted to go there. So that helped with the kind of the numbering numbers of kids in classes. So they're just a number. I don't know if I'm giving you any help or not. No, if I'm sure. kind of telling you the same thing that you're hearing. Um, but I think eliminating classes, I think that being able to have kids go in other options. Hey, we wanted a business class. Well, what do you think about maybe an internship class? add a little bit more to those type of classes. I think some of the impact that's going to happen shortly is uh, the state has, we have more requirements mm -hmm. personal finance. Yep. We got to put that somewhere. We got to put civics in somewhere and I'm missing one right now, but we have to, we have to put those into and embed them into our curriculums. That's going to change what our, mm -hmm. we can do for electives as well. So we're going to probably have less electives because we've got more standards that we're going to have to place into the schedule. I think there's some external factors with scheduling as well. D districts nuts, you know, class sizes go up. You might still have to offer the same classes, but your class sizes now are going to go up. So that's the external factor. Another external factor is teacher mm -hmm. shortage. You know, I mean, you might have three FTEs in uh, family and consumer science but you can't find a teacher and you only have one teacher. So now you're going to have to figure out how you're going to make that fit in as well. So there's that external factor of teacher shortages, um, budget cuts as you move forward. So the schedule every year, you know, I always said to the scheduler, can we just put the same <laughs> schedule up every year? It works every year. And then you get the numbers and you're like, oh my gosh, in art, we're up, you know, a full FTE. And so you try to do your best as you can, I'd say communicate with the staff as much as you can as well. I think, I think with me, you're going to always hear, go back and communicate, communicate and be an honest conversations. We used to have a lot of meetings with departments saying, okay, this is where we're at. We're going to have to cut one of these classes, combine these classes, change these classes. And it's mm -hmm. tough for teachers because I mean, some of these mm -hmm. classes are the babies. They, I mean, they've developed them, they've created them kids like them, but maybe there's not as many kids going into those. And so you have to kind of go with, you know, what's in front of you and what people have registered for what, or what the students have registered for. Yeah. So there's, yeah, it's a squeeze the balloon. And it's a, it's a beast. It's a beast. And it's just a giant puzzle. And, you know, in the short time that I've done it, you know, I did it at a middle school, which is obviously not nearly as complicated as a high school. 
it does, you know, each year is going to be a little bit different. And the, I, I would say for me, you know, you know, coming from the point of view of somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience doing it, the part that I struggle with the most, it's not the, it's not the logistics of doing the scheduling. It's the fact that I know no matter what decision is made, somebody's not going to be happy. And, and I have a hard, I have a hard time with that um, because I want to help people. I want to fix things. I want to give them what they, you know, need and all that kind of stuff. And so from an emotional standpoint, the master schedule, it's really, it's hard. It's, it really is. I really do struggle with it. And, but I'm sure I'll get thicker skin down the road. Yeah. Well, and going back to that communication piece, it's really important to make sure that your department heads are in with you, helping you with those decisions. We had them in every one of those meetings. They walked beside us on this. You know, a lot of times they might be like frustrated or upset or whatnot, but if they know that you're sitting and looking at this, we used to put them on magnets. Even when we had all the technology, we had them on a magnet and said, they're like, well, what if we move this one to here and here to here? And we'd try all of those things and we'd allow, you know, our department chairs to be part of that Mm -hmm. decision-making so that they had a piece in that too. So they could go back to their departments and say, we've tried, this Mm -hmm. just will not work this year. We just can't run that course. Um, But we made sure that it was a team effort with the department and the administration to, to try to navigate as best as you can. I mean, they, they know, I mean, deep down, they, I mean, you're trying and you want, and at the end of the day, you're trying to make sure that the students get the courses yeah. that they registered for yeah. as best you can. So, I think, you know, to both you guys' points, I think when you're talking about the schedule, you're talking about people, right? Because at the end of the day, how you build your schedule is through the staffing process and what requests are there and those teachers that are teaching those classes. And so, yeah, you do. You're going to have to have those difficult conversations with staff. But I think the key piece that both of you guys are saying is if you're just upfront and you're clear with your staff, your departments, and I think that's the best thing that you can do and know that, you know what, there are going to be people impacted differently. And there are probably going to be some people that are going to be maybe upset with the decision. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to do as a principal is put together a schedule that's best for all kids. And so I think that's the piece because it's really easy to get in that lens. I think we can all get in that lens or I'm just looking at it through my lens. But when you're building that master schedule, we're looking at it through the whole thing. And so I think those are good points there that you guys shared. So awesome. Hey, I want to talk because this episode is dropped during the greatest, you know, for for counselors, right? The National School Counselor Week. And so our school counselors and the things we're just talking about today, a lot of them, school counselors play a part in, they play a really big part in, you know, the master schedule or they play uh, when it comes to testing and all that other stuff. So, so Bob, what are some ways, because I got to tell you, counselors, uh, they do such an amazing job. I know I'm speaking at it from both, you know, the high school lens and as a former middle school principal as well, too. They do so many, just their hands are in so many buckets. They're dealing with kids, they're dealing with all sorts of things. But what are some ways principals can honor and appreciate their school counselors for their dedication, flexibility, especially considering all the challenges that they face during the year? And now a word about our partner, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, 
medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners. HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Located right here in Maple Grove, Minnesota, HealthWise is ready and able to assist you with becoming the best version of yourself. And now, back to the show. Yeah, I was talking to a counselor earlier this week, and their administration made bake them this great egg bake in the morning. So they arrived, and there was an egg bake. And so they were excited about that. I think any recognition is helpful, and I think to to make sure that you are recognizing their work, as you stated, is important. You know, treats every day or each day if you want to do something, decorating their office. I know that they may appreciate that. They may appreciate a sign saying it's National School Counselor Week when parents and students walk in the door, they can see it and they can then be reinforced and say, hey, thank you for your job and thank you for what you're doing. Breakfast, to just mention that. Make announcements recognizing them as well. Social media pieces may work. Um, have student leaders sit down at a table with your student leaders and talk about, hey, it's National Counselor Week, or Council, Counselor Week. What are some ideas that you as students they should be doing for them? And maybe they might provide some thoughts and insight on that. The whole school community, card campaign, you know, sending cards, students sending cards, maybe in the first hour, they Hey, if you want to write a card to your counselor, go ahead and do that. And that goes along with not just counselors, but it goes with, you know, all the recognitions because you don't want to miss a recognition, custodians, lunch ladies, social workers, teachers, paraprofessional, professionals, sorry, bus drivers, admin, everybody in the school. So I think it's really important to do those types of things that they just feel like, hey, you know what? I'm coming into school and I'm being celebrated because I'm doing something for school and people are noticing. And I think that's important, right? I mean, we talk about that human relationship that people want to just feel, they want to feel good when they walk into the building. They want to feel good about their job and you can recognize them for what they're doing. I'm sure there's a thousand other ways of doing it. You know, you know your counselors really well. Maybe they really like a certain band and you're going to play the music and you know, whatever it may be, or they like to go to a certain establishment and get a burger. And so you buy them a case gift of card wine. I don't so, know. <laughs> you know, your counselors well, whatever, whatever they, you know, whatever, you know, that they enjoy because they spend a lot of time away from they their do it. They're so. yeah, Awesome. And I know one of the ways that we're celebrating our counselors is they get an opportunity to, we have a nearby local restaurant and we're buying lunch for them and that'll get to delivered for them. And just a, just a little way to say thanks for what they're doing. And again, appreciate all the work for counselors. And I know, like you said, Bob, too, not forgetting all the other people too. When you do have those weeks to celebrate, make sure you're doing that. So I love it. Hey, I know we talked this last week here as we're, you know, Bob, you're putting this together and Kevin and I are digging into this too, but we've laid out some strategies that I think principals would find value in. And so what I want to do right now is take a look at those strategies that we put together and share those with the listeners out there that they can be thinking about when you're thinking about February, the principalship and this month, what you can be doing. So why don't we go ahead and start sharing those? Yeah. I'm going to go back to writing black history month year round. I think that's really important. Ensure that black history is incorporated, embedded into the school curriculum and throughout the entire school year. 
across various and all subject matter to provide more comprehensive understanding for all the students. I think that's yeah, that's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit going back too about just making sure you're reviewing your testing procedures and logistics and that you're building those testing schedules. And that is going to be really key to make sure that runs very smooth and efficiently. So really make sure that you have those schedules for all students who are going to be participating in the testing. Make sure you're reviewing and preparing testing procedures and logistics for the state tests ensuring that all the necessary accommodations are in place for students who require them. And then going along with that, I would just say communicate your expectations clearly to your staff, your students, families regarding the role and responsibilities of the testing happening in your building and making sure that you're creating a supportive and organized testing environment. I'm going to jump in here with a couple related to what we were just talking about, the master schedule. Just make sure you are taking that time at this time of the year. You know, right now we're living in, we've got our foot in two different worlds, right? We're, we got the day-to-day, but then we're also thinking ahead and making sure that you are analyzing those trends like you talked about, you know, what's happening from year to year, the potential impacts, the pitfalls of the master schedule, and just allowing enough time to really make those solid decisions based on the course selections, the registration guide, the registration uh, requests and whatnot. And then just be prepared to make those decisions in a timely fashion. I myself have felt the pressure of, oh, we need to get this done. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. And so it's a balancing act. I mean, like I said, you're living in two different worlds kind of at this point in time in the year. It just Take the time to sit down, do the work, do the research, put the numbers together, put the data together, really allow yourself enough opportunity to make the best decisions possible when it comes to the schedule. Yeah. We're at the time of the year now where spring break is just around the corner. And it seems like with spring break, you've got a lot of mm-hmm. student trips. Many schools go on student trips. They might take a band or choir overnight and or for a longer period of time. So just making sure that you're in compliance with the the school board and the school sponsored trips. A lot of school boards require that you have that well in advance prior to the trip. So make sure that you are in compliance with your school board on that. You know, verify the itineraries and establish emergency communication for those trips. Those are, again, being more prepared, being overprepared is a good thing when you're talking about going and taking 250 kids on a trip to Disneyland. So making sure that you've got that taken care of and that you have the right people in the roles that they need to be in. And everybody knows that the expectation is when you're going on a school trip, because that's really important. Update your calendar. It's coming up. You've got spring events. You have prom coming up. And so just making sure that you're facilitating those and planning for those. Graduation takes a lot of people and a lot of prep to make sure that happens. So make sure that you are doing all the things that you should be doing with graduation. Hopefully I have a checklist. I know that I relied on my admin assistant quite heavily that time to help along the way. But uh, I know that for the most part, the principal is most likely in charge and or the person who has the final say within graduation. So just making sure that everything is in order as you move forward, because graduation obviously is a great celebration for the community, not just the school, but the entire community for that. And then, you know, by implementing these strategies, 
principals can effectively manage their responsibilities in February, you know, provide meaningful educational experiences for the students. That's all about at the end of the day, you're trying to provide experiences for them and that, that contribute to positive school environment. I think one other piece I'd like to just share is, you know, this is the time where the seniors, I always talked about 700 days to college and career readiness. They, I've said it till people roll their eyes, whatever, but it was a simple um, theme that we had and 700 days. The seniors now have about 70 days left and they need to make that. This is the last time that they will ever be divided by their age group hmm. their life. And so just enjoy the fact that you've been, you know, been in school with many of these kids from kindergarten to their senior year, enjoy those last, we'll just call it 70 days just to make it one-tenth of the, their uh, life in high school. And, or that goes the same for a middle school. They're not going back to the middle school. So that, you know, the eighth grade or seventh grade or, you know, ninth grade, whatever that falls at the middle level, just making sure that they enjoy this time because they're going to be moving on and they won't have this experience again. So as principals, we also need to enjoy that time with those students. And I know sometimes I get it. It's tough to enjoy the times, but you know, you're going to be building expectations. You're going to have them probably come into your performing arts center and having a conversation. It doesn't all have to be expectations. Do you need expectations to the end of the year? Yeah. You need to be in good standing for graduation. We'll talk about that next <laughs> podcast or the one after yeah. that. But I think that you can also smile and say, Hey, it's yeah. been great. That's a perfect segue to the next little chunk of our conversation. It's about culture and climate of the principalship, uh, building and sustaining school culture and climate in the month of February. And so you talked about students coming into the Performing Arts Center. We just did that this week. And we had each grade level come in, and it's our mid-year review. It's our opportunity to get each class together and get share some information. And it's really, it's not new information. It's really just building upon the culture and the climate that we've been working hard to create since September. And it's an opportunity to, you know, talk about upcoming events and put things on their radar. But it really truly is about trying to maintain and build the momentum in the culture. You know, we do talk about our, you know, our expectations and, and things like that, but not in a punitive way. And so, I think that's, that was just the perfect segue, but, you know, talking about that. So we're going to kind of list a few things. And as far as some of the strategies that you can use in the month of February, and I'm going to jump in and talk about practicing the art of being inclusive. Okay. February, you know, it marks black history month. And obviously that's an excellent time to celebrate the diverse cultural backgrounds within our community, you know, consider organizing events, discussions, activities things that, that honor the contributions of black individuals and promote inclusive inclusivity. So that was just, that's just one thing you can do in, in that month of February, but uh, let's hear what else we've got out there. Yeah. Valentine's day is just around the corner. Yeah. Valentine's day will be next week and, uh, you know, foster kindness and respect. I mean, Jason, we're not going to want to see you in a keep it outfit. So I'm hoping that's not going to be the case. Hey, I'm pretty good at Photoshop. I'm pretty but, good at uh, Okay. Perfect. Yeah. But, but, you know, let's use that occasion to just kind of reinforce the importance of kindness, empathy, respect among students and staff, encourage acts of kindness, promote positive relationships and emphasize the value of treating others with compassion and respect. So yeah, that's really good. 
I also think too, February is also a good time to focus in on what we talk a lot about, Bob, and we're going to get to some mental health stuff here in a little bit. And I'm going to have you share some more on that, but it's a good time to focus on that and the wellness piece of it. So how can you promote wellness in the month of February, but actually just, I would say every month too, making sure you're prioritizing that, but consider organizing maybe some initiatives that raise awareness about mental well-being in the month of February, maybe provide resources for support and then encourage, you know, some intentional self-care practices among students and staff in the month of February to promote that wellness. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to throw in reflecting, making sure you're reflecting on school values. We've talked about this in the past. Really just take the opportunity to revisit the core values of your school. Reflect on how they're being implemented. Are they being upheld? Make sure you're having discussions with staff, students regarding those values. And really just explore ways to ensure that these values are actually being integrated into your daily practices. So again, it's that midway point of the year. Reflect on how things are going and really take the time to understand the impact of the values that you've been implementing that this year. Yeah. I'd say encourage collaboration. We kind of talked about it throughout this whole podcast, just talking about, you know, whether it be with scheduling, working with the department chairs, um, whether it be with working with counselors, you know, this week and kind of celebrating that collaboration, but just use February as a time to strengthen that collaboration among students, parents, staff members, and just, you know, consider organizing events that bring different stakeholders together to work together for a common goal. And we all know what the common goal is, classrooms. And that's our common goal is to make sure that we are providing a strong education for all of our students. So just, and it takes collaboration. You can't do it alone. And Kevin, you're not going to be sitting in a room by yourself trying to get the well, thank, schedule thank together. God. It's going to take a lot of people to do it. <laughs> we won't allow that. <laughs> just kidding. That's how we get in trouble. That's how we get in trouble. I think this is all good stuff, guys. I really love talking about the culture and climate. I think that is that plays such a huge part in the building atmosphere environment of your school and how that feeds throughout your building and into your community. But when we're fast, when we're focusing, I should say, on these aspects that we just talked about, you're going to continue to build that positive culture climate within your school. Ultimately, you know, creating an environment where every individual feels valued, they feel respected, and they feel supported, Bob. Just like you said, that's what we want. I want to switch into now, I want to dig into mental health, right? Because mental health is always going to be that key component that on every time we talk to you, Bob, we're going to spend some time talking about mental health. And I've called it, I'm going to call it the mental health minute. It's probably going to go over a minute. But just the importance of mental health and making sure as school leaders, we're taking care of our own mental health and then we're providing opportunities for our staff or for others. Because I know for me personally here, the last probably week, I've been struggling with it. I got to tell you, a lot of stuff's been coming at me with my job and just different areas of the job. And so I'm really doing trying to do a good job of reflecting on that and saying, okay, Jason, how am I going to spend some time taking care of my mental health? So Bob, why don't you also, before we get started here, share, I know we've shared this before, but I don't think we can share it enough just about the awesome opportunity and thing that the MASSP organization has for our principals. Yeah, absolutely. So last Thursday, 
actually it's been, uh, I think two Thursdays ago, we, uh, we rolled out our, a benefit that we is added benefit new. And that is if you're needing some mental health support, you have some job related issues or topics that you're going through. We know that we all have those. And if you need to reach out and just have somebody listen to you or just have a, you know, be able to talk with you through some of these challenging times that help you navigate. We have HealthWise is working with us and you can get access through that, through our members only side of our website. And you can click the button, hit the email and reach out. And there's somebody there that's going to work with you on your, on, on a work-related mental health, if you need some more help and no more support. Um, I'm really, we're really excited about this. I'm really excited with the board that they saw that we needed this as well. And so as we move forward, I can't give you an, any data, like how many people have reached out, but we're excited about sharing that to our members and we'll see where it, see if it takes off. We know though, that through the experience that I've been in this job for the last two and a half years, I know that there are people that that mm -hmm. would reach out. And it's another offering for us and our principals in the state. MESPA is also part of this as well. So there's 2,100 principals around the state and now they have support if they need it. An extra layer. It's really cool as, as we, it's one step forward to trying to work on breaking down that. That's, that's great. I love Ab it. Absolutely love it. I think that's awesome. I'm super excited to see where it goes and we'll continue to have these conversations about mental health, but when you think about the school leader, the school principal, you know, we can all prioritize our own mental health. And when we talk about February here, let's talk about some strategies that principals can maybe prioritize and put into practice for them. And I'm going to start here with, I'm going to use the word intentional on this one because I do think self-care gets thrown around a lot and really can maybe irritate people. But I'm going to use intentional self-care practices really principals make time for those you activities, those things such as exercise, meditation, reading, hobbies, anything like that can help reduce stress and promote relaxation. And there's a multitude of other things, but be intentional with it. That's good. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to, I'm going to say time management. And what I mean by that is you got a lot of stuff coming at you in this month. Like I said, there's, you're dealing with testing preparation. You're dealing with master schedule. You're dealing with staffing. You've got all the events coming up in the next few months. There's a lot happening. And sometimes I literally find myself closing my door in my office and asking myself almost out loud, what do I need to do in the next 10 minutes? Yeah. And really, I mean, truly. And so just making sure you're setting boundaries, you're utilizing you know, all your resources, you're prioritizing your tasks, you're delegating when appropriate. And again, trying to figure out how to integrate in a healthy way, your work life and your personal life. Um, because one can impact the other in a very negative way if you're not careful. And so that's a very broad answer to a very large topic, but just use your time wisely and effectively. Yeah, I'm going to go back to just mm -hmm. seeking support. You know, principals should not hesitate to seek support from colleagues and mentors and health, mental health professionals if they're feeling overwhelmed in their job or feeling stressed. Having a support network can provide valuable guidance and encouragement and 
just, you know, I've got a few mentors that I do call when I feel overwhelmed, call a mentor um, that I can say, help me with this, help me navigate this situation I'm going through right now. So, and I did it more when I was a practicing principal saying, I need some support and help right now. So use those people that tapped you shoulder because they're not off the hook after they tapped you on the shoulder. They're still the people that need to, you need like to go that. to. Yeah, that's a good so. one. I'm going to, I'm going to say reflect, recharge. This is also a good time to maybe find some time that you can set aside. If it's, maybe it's before school, maybe it's after school or your time that you can reflect on things that are going on in your life personally and professionally. Maybe it's evaluating some of the goals that you have personally or professionally. Maybe it's reflecting on some of the accomplishments. I think sometimes we get, I don't think, I know we get so focused on maybe some of the, I'll call it the negative stuff that's going on, but really focus on the accomplishments because there are a lot of cool things that are happening within your building, within your community, and reflect on those accomplishments as well too, just to maybe recharge your energy for the tasks that are coming up here. So that's, a, that's another one that I would say. I got one more in me, professional development. And I think with PD, I think a lot of times we, as educators, end up having anxiety because we lack confidence in a certain subject matter, uh, whether that's a certain, you know, pedagogy regarding, you know, how you're teaching or what you're teaching. And so I think taking the opportunity to participate in professional development, it's, I think it's going to boost confidence. And I think if you're more confident, you're clearly more prepared, which I think is going to reduce stress. So there's always something available, it seems like, whether it's, you know, internal PD or finding, you know, something on your own, but never stop practice, the practice of learning, learning the craft. And kind of compliment off that connecting with peers. I think it's really important that principals can and can gain a lot of benefit from connecting with other educational leaders, sharing experiences, exchanging ideas. We just had the winter conference. Um, I saw a whole lot of people exchanging communication and having conversations around just ideas and what others are doing, that professional development, what you just talked about. And so just gaining that perspective is just really important. And I just want to say one other thing, I know Jason talked a little bit before about just making sure you take care of you. I think one of the things that I talked to my staff a lot about was navigate you was kind of a theme for that was, you know what you need and navigate you, I would say in front of the staff all the time, you know what you need to do and you know what you are, you know, rationing in and out and siphoning in and out of what you need for your mental health. So it's important. I just used to call it navigate you. And the staff would understand. I think it's awesome. And I like that we have this little time here. I know we did have spent more than a minute here, but every month I want to spend some time talking about some strategies and some tips for principals. And I think it's important that we have these conversations and we talk about them and we share the things that we can do. But when we're prioritizing our mental health, I think as principals, we can set a positive example for our staffs and create a healthier work environment for everyone in the school community. And Bob, going off of what you said, you know, when you were at STMA there and you talked a lot about Navigate You, those are things that you, when we talk about that and we're leading that and we're setting the example, that's what we need to do. So I'm encouraging all principals and leaders, you need to be a leader in this. And maybe it's uncomfortable right now, but start taking those steps to 
take care of your mental health and it'll go a long way. I want to switch into Bob. I want to give you an opportunity here to talk to our listeners about what are some professional development and growth opportunities for school leaders, maybe as they look at the month of February and beyond. Yeah. So with MASSP, there's going to be, you know, we're also the umbrella. So we have a lot of student leadership pieces as well. And we can't underestimate how important it is to build the leadership capacity of our students. And so there's a few different opportunities coming up in either our divisions or statewide with student leadership. And the stronger student leadership you have in the schools, the stronger you're going to be within your school. And it only helps the culture and the climate within your school when you have strong leaders. So that's at the middle level. We're going to have some, a few opportunities for your advisors, student leaders. We're going to try to do some principal student leadership pieces as well. We're doing a student, student handbook workshop, which we've done the last two years, has been very popular. This year, it's going to be in Arden Hills every other year. We split it up. So Arden Hills this year, next year will be in the north and south um, of the state. So we will have Roger Ernst our legal person there. We're going to have Terry Morrow from the Minnesota School Board Association and Eric Martin from, Martin's from the Minnesota State High School League. So that's a very popular workshop to talk about what you need added into your handbook next next year or for next year as you move for into summer when the when they have to be approved um there's you know there's other opportunities outside of massp i encourage you to whatever you like it goes back to navigating you as far as the professional development if there's some things out there that you feel you need to work through or a pedagogy that you want to lo- learn a little bit more about by all means we're stronger when everybody is working towards a better them when it comes to professional development. So any information that you can receive that's going to make you a better principal and build your capacity, we're all for it. And there's a lot of educational entities that are offering a number of different things from MDE to the U of M to other educational organizations. So um, wherever you get it, we know that we're going to be better at MASSP when you're together with our group. So the summer conference is coming up. Um, that will be in June, and we're looking for proposals for that. Um, Star of Innovation Awards. There's a lot of really cool things going on in schools, and so apply for those as well through our divisions. And yeah, so there's just a lot of different types of opportunities. If you have any questions, you can contact me at any time. Either call me or uh, email me. I love it. That's good, Kev. You want to yeah. wrap up here? with the last question of the show, yeah, right? we always yeah. like to end it with this. Absolutely. We're always wanting to share one piece of advice for principals and navigating specifically the month of February. Um, Jason, why don't you start us off? Yeah. When I think of February, you know, I can really, and I know all months can feel overwhelming, but both of you talked about this in one way or another. And I would just say, make sure that you connect with other colleagues don't try to do this whole thing by yourself. If you're going to feel overwhelmed, maybe pick up the phone, send a text, whatever it is, connect with a colleague, find out, Hey, maybe how they're, what are they doing? What are they going through? Cause that connection, that support for one another can go a long way and can really help you through the month of February. It's good. Bob, what do you got? Yeah. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier about making sure you're connecting with your students and making sure that you're connecting with those seniors. They, you know, there are seniors right now that are very scared mm-hmm. as they have to move on and transition into um, 
employment, enrollment, enlistment. Um, and so just having those conversations with seniors, really connect with them, have them enjoy the last yeah, it's good. few months. I'm going to go with slow down. And what I mean by that is right now, it seems very easy to interpret everything that's coming at you as an emergency. Everything, everybody wants everything done right now. There's just this immense pressure, I feel like, in this month as we're, um, you know, everyone sees the finish line happening, you know, in a few months and people needing things to get done and all the processes and the procedures. Yes, all it all needs to get done, but just don't forget to just take a breath and just realize it's okay. Take a breath, slow down, prioritize, be intentional about your decisions and your processes and what you need to do next and just tell yourself it's going to be okay. So just slow down. So, all right. I think that wraps us up. So as we conclude today's episode, we hope that the insights shared with you will help you navigate the complexities of February with confidence and purpose. And as always, we appreciate your dedication, commitment to your school, to your community, to the students, staff. You do amazing things each and every day. And you may not know that right now in the middle of it all, but you're doing great things. See it every day. So thank you for all that. Hey, we appreciate you checking in with us today and join us next time as we continue to explore topics relevant to school leadership, the principalship. Until then, stay inspired and keep living and leading with purpose. And remember, it all starts with you.